Well, fewer things get me fired up faster than idiots on Twitter. Yesterday, it started with me claiming that we used to get election results in one night instead of two weeks, three weeks, or however long it takes to fabricate the correct number of votes to anoint the cho- the chosen leader. And it ended this morning. Well, it hasn't ended. It never ends, does it? But this morning I saw an article from OPB uh, attempting to rewrite the history of events in Portland circa 2020 when it was a practical war zone. Although war zones probably aren't practical. More necessary, right? When a bunch of anti-authority protesters burn things down block city streets and attempt to claim sections of the city for themselves, how are people supposed to respond? Maybe some warlike behavior. Innocent people were being hurt. Businesses were being destroyed. Lives were being ruined. But now OPB is trying to paint this false picture of how civilian rights were violated in the attempts by DHS and the federal government to actually rectify the situation in whatever legal way possible. Because remember, Trump couldn't call in the National Guard to these areas, whether or not they needed it. That power is not given to him by the Constitution. It's up to local leaders to call for National Guard assistance. But let's be honest, it was all a temper tantrum from the left. We elected Donald Trump in 2016, and we've been paying for it ever since. The globalist leadership decided to inflict as much misery as possible and then associate it with Donald Trump so that we all, when we all went to the polls, there was one obvious decision. We could vote to continue our misery or we could vote in the way that the globalists wanted us to vote. And it appears we did. If you believe the results of the 2020 election as announced by our wonderful leaders in the mainstream media. Which was another point of rage Because I claimed, again, that all the, that we used to wake up to the election results. And a person told me that that has literally never happened, ever. To typical twits response 
to something that they don't like. That's not ever literally ever in any way. Okay, well, state your case then, please. Tell me. You mean all the elections have been rigged forever across time? Because that's essentially what you're telling me when you say that elections were never finished on election night. In the 2004 election, was it? I was just reading. President Bush declared victory on November 3rd. So what was that about? He declared victory before the election was decided and his opponent conceded before the election was decided? Who would do that? Who would concede the election before all of the votes were counted? See, it's the argument of an idiot. An idiot. You have any idea how much money is involved with these elections? You know how much money is at stake moving forward? Not just the amount of money that was invested in candidates. I don't know. Maybe it's all a circus. Maybe it's all part of the theater. These are the things I go back and forth about. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of professional sports in general because there's always this voice in the back of my head saying it's all rigged. There's too much money involved for it to be left up to chance. Business people don't operate like that. They don't leave things to chance. They need sure things. They need guaranteed profits. It's too much on the line. But people donate millions of dollars to candidates, political candidates, especially in national elections. Whether it's all above board, whether it's coming from foreign interests or corporate interests or what is not my point. We obviously, there's obviously politicians all working toward the same goal on both sides of the aisle. We know that. Democrat or Republican ceases to matter at some point. And this is why you can look, you go to opensecrets.org and look at who BlackRock donates to, for example. It's to the people that are going to win their elections, not all the Democrats or all the Republicans, the people in power. Also, the people that are viable. The people that will ignore the will of their constituents and bow to the desires of the donors, the funders, the ones with all the money. 
And now, unfortunately, we're seeing the ones with the money take more and more control, regardless of their position in government. Our world is literally being shaped by the richest people. Our culture is being changed by the wealthiest and most powerful. And, and to what end, we still don't know. Chaos is not the goal. It's the means. It certainly seems like devastation is the plan. But there's two sides. It's not just a foregone conclusion. This was always my argument when I was following the QAnon conspiracies. There's two sides in every battle, in every struggle. Just because you have a plan doesn't mean it's always going to work out. Doesn't mean the other side isn't working tirelessly to thwart your plans and turn them on their heads. But didn't our political candidates used to make their concession speeches and, and victory speeches in, in the same night? How did they do that? They didn't have the election results. I mean, maybe this person is right. Maybe it's never, maybe, maybe the results of the elections were never figured out on election night. But the implications of that are insane. So we had these two candidates that were independently fundraising. People were funneling millions and millions of dollars into their campaigns. And then on election night, the establishment steps in and says, you're the winner, you're the loser, now make your speeches, and everybody's cool with it, we just soldier on. <laughs> Give me a flipping break. And by flipping, I mean, you know, the other one. Try to keep it at least PG around here. Or maybe PG-13. Remember when PG movie, like, I swear you used to be able to say the S word in PG movies. I go back to that movie Maverick. You know the one with Mel Gibson? Great movie. Kind of. I don't know. Cheesy. Still funny. Still worth your time. But I swear there were at least a couple. S words in there. In a PG movie. Now PG movies are animated. They're basically Disney movies. It's pretty interesting. I, I, I ought to do a maybe a weekend special on the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, and the, uh, the ratings board. Because it, like everything else, has been politicized. And if they, if they don't like you, 
they will give your movie an R rating or an NC-17 rating just to keep it from the eyes of people. It's just so interesting to learn how long the manipulation of the flow of information has been going on. And there's movies that have been made that we have never heard of because they couldn't clear the MPA. An interesting story about the movie Scarface that I'm so fond of <laughs> was originally rated X, I guess, before they had the, the NC-17 designation. So the MPA rates Scarface, gives Scarface an X rating sends it back to the the producers and the editors the editors are make they make the edits they send it back and it gets returned with another x rating so now they think oh we're, well we're screwed what are we going to do nobody's going to see this movie we just lost a ton of money and who knows what happens the details in in the documentary that i was watching did not disclose everything that took place but they sent the original cut back to the MPA and it it came back with the R rating that they were going for so why uh, hey, we all could celebrate that we were gifted the cinematic masterpiece that is Scarface <laughs> but it's really pretty upsetting to learn how long this censorship i don't know that's i don't like that word because it's it's too delicate when i hear the word censorship i think the beeps that would would go into you know cops when the criminal was cursing and everybody was freaking out while they were getting arrested like that censorship beep 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 mother beep But censorship has evolved now into this disgusting creature of propaganda. Now it's the truth that's censored. It's dissenting narratives that are censored. And we finally have uh, the official narrative that came out uh, from the DA in California regarding uh, Paul Pelosi charges against Mr. David DePap in connection with the violent attack on Mr. Pelosi. The charges that we are filing today include attempted murder, residential burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, false imprisonment of an elder, as well as threats to a public official and their family. Everything they could get him with. These charges are based on the following facts many of which are contained in the federal affidavit that was filed today, as well as will be contained in the motion to detain Mr. DePap that we file so tomorrow. So it's, it's available now if you'd like Mr. to read DePap it. Mr. specifically targeted the Pelosi home to confront Speaker Pelosi. He forced his way into the home 
through a rear glass door by breaking that glass. Even though the glass the was found outside the building. upstairs to the second floor of the home, locating Mr. Pelosi in his bed sleeping. He woke him up, confronting him about the whereabouts of Speaker Pelosi. Okay, so this he he goes into the house. Okay, and this is all just this is just following the official narrative. He breaks the glass, no alarm for some reason. Uh, goes into the house, finds the bedroom. Pelosi, Na- Nancy Pelosi, who he, this is supposedly he's he's looking for. Not in that room, not in the... Why wake the guy up? Why not just continue searching? Mr. Pelosi, who was sleeping, was wearing a loose-fitting pajama shirt and boxer shorts. He was forced to get out of bed, and at some point during that encounter, Mr. Pelosi attempted to access the elevator in the home, which has a phone. The defendant then blocked Mr. Pelosi's access to that elevator. It was at some point after that Mr. Pelosi asked to go to the bathroom, which is where he was able to call 911 from his cell phone. The defendant. Okay, so if he had his cell phone, why was he trying to get into the elevator to use the phone? Realizing that Mr. Pelosi had called 911, took Mr. Pelosi downstairs near the front door of the residence. Two police officers arrived at the front door two minutes after that 911 call. When that door was opened, the defendant was holding his hammer, which Mr. Pelosi appeared to be attempting to control by holding a portion of that hammer. The defendant then pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi. and So it seems like everything was fine up until the cops got there. Then they started fighting with the hammer. He let him go to the bathroom. He let him have his phone. They were walking around the house. And then just as the police got there, they started fighting violently struck him in the top of his head. The police then apprehended the defendant. (laughs) What we also have learned is that the defendant brought to the location of the Pelosi residence a second hammer as well as zip ties. Why would he bring another hammer? Roll of tape. What is clear based on the evidence that we have thus far is that this house and the speaker herself were specifically targets of the defendant. What about the part where the guy, this attacker was in his underwear? Where was he carrying these hammers? (laughs) Where was he keep, where did he keep the hammers and the zip ties? Did you forget that part? Yeah, they were both in their underwear. for next steps the defendant is expected to be arraigned tomorrow afternoon my office will be filing a motion to detain him without bail and that is based on what is obvious and severe public safety risks that the defendant poses to san francisco as well as the outer community Uh, all right and and what about what about the third person remember that the third person answered the door And we don't know who that third person was. It's an unknown, unnamed 
But when I post on Twitter that there's we that we don't have the whole story, people lose their minds. Becomes a total freak show. Yeah, why don't you believe the official narrative from the feds? Oh, gee, I don't know. I don't know why. Just I guess because I'm just an idiot. Or maybe because they lie about everything. And because Paul Pelosi has been involved in scandals for years. And that's another interesting bit of, of information that really needs attention. Why indeed is Paul Pelosi suddenly involved in so many scandals? Nancy's been in politics for 50 plus years, but now Paul's getting out of control. Thanks all for listening. I appreciate you. Please subscribe to the show. Share it and help me spread the word. I really rely on that and that alone. I'll be back. Goodbye.